There it is, it's over. The Roosters have won it. Minor premiers become major players. Well, Roosters fans, we're 80 minutes away from the big dance. That's right. This Saturday night, SCG, it's the grand final replay. And we want to send those Southerners from Melbourne packing like we did last year. This week on Roosters Radio, we've got Christopher Flannery, our former retro rooster, coming on to talk all things finals time on Roosters Radio. And that's right, the big one. The eagle has landed. Our chairman, as we do every year, we move mountains to get this man on. Tonight, we interview our one and only divine leader, the great Nick Pilatus, as we go into finals time and get ready for the big dance. Welcome to Roosters Radio. Silky and Bells, what do you think? What a show. What a week. Well, good evening, good afternoon, and I cannot wait to speak to the chairman himself, Mr. Nick Politis. As you said, Bush, in the intro, each and every year, Nick is generous enough to grant us one interview, and this time we've done something a little different. We've gone out to our Facebook page and invited our loyal fans on Roosters Radio an opportunity to ask the man himself a question, but also looking forward to Chris Flannery. Uh, for those who remember, the hitman, as we used to call him, had a great career at the Roosters, uh, played in grand finals in 2002, 03 and 04. Had a very unsavoury incident happen to him in the preliminary final in 2004. Uh, keen to uh, have a chat about that. But he also won a Challenge Cup final for St Helens. He's also doing some great stuff with QRL side, the Sunshine Coast Falcons. Yes, we're going to have a great show tonight, boys. Really looking forward to chatting all things Roosters. The boys have had the week off. They're well rested, ready to take on the storm on Saturday night. And of course, uh, we'll be missing JWH. I look forward to seeing Siwa Takiaho and Isaac Liu stand up there on Saturday night. Yeah, fully fit Boyd Cordner too, Silky. Do not forget that. Boyd will be back leading us around the park as he always does. And the impact from our bench. We've got big Lindsay Collins and Zane Tedavano. And hasn't Lindsay had a great finish to the season? He's yeah. really building for this. Really, really good young kid and a tough player. So as Jared has a week off, unfortunately, we've got Lindsay in there. So looking forward to him having a blinder. You're on Roosters Radio with Silky Bush and Bells. Welcome back to Roosters Radio. Now, of course, no football uh, last weekend, but there was plenty going on at Roosters HQ. We had the team uh, do a media session down there earlier this week, and our very own Roosters Radio roving reporter, Matt Lane, was on hand. Matt, what did they have to say? Thanks, guys. And I also want to thank you for allowing me to pack up my tent that I had set up at the NRL Judiciary for about two weeks. Seems like I wasn't going to get out of there. But as you guys often do, you sent me back on the road down to Roosters HQ and actually had the chance to sit down with a couple of the representatives for the Roosters squad. Our fearless leader and coach, Trent Robertson, had this to say. Look, the only thing I'd say, I know there's been a fair bit of discussion. My focus has been on what's actually the case. I think talking um, long term about the game and all that's not the time of year for me. Uh, the, the one thing I will say is that, you know, I think 
missing a game uh, for an incident that you haven't done before. It had no impact on anything in the game or anything else. Um, and to miss a finals game, to have not have your best players on the park is disappointing for fans. Um, it, it, it's, you know, we'd like him out there, but it's not going to change the way we play or the way we think. Robert also had this to say regarding Daniel Tupo and Boy Cordner's status for this week's game. Just resting. He's had a, a very good campaign and a big campaign, but he's just had some days uh, to recover. Uh, so Tupes is fine, and, and Boyd's actually progressed better than I thought. He came in quite well on Monday, uh, and he'll progress in the next week uh, uh, to get into training next week. So uh, that's a positive sign. Well, welcome Roosters fans and the retro Roosters keep coming and none other than the great Christopher Dale Flannery. What a, <laughs> what a great nickname. What a great utility. And who can forget the great performances? Flannery would be put anywhere, just like his uh, counterpart Mitch Orbison, who he played so many games with. Flannery, welcome to Roosters Radio in this uh, finals week. Yeah, thanks, guys. Great to be here. Mate, uh, you played 126 games with the Roosters and... Uh, had a pretty stellar career, and you were put everywhere across the park. You know, uh, you're one of Sticky's favourites. Mate, can you tell us what was your favourite position? Um, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, during that time, we had a, a fairly stacked side, so you tried to fit in, you know, wherever you could. But um, my favourite uh, position was probably uh, either lock or, or back row. But, um, yeah, obviously, we had, had Rico and Fitzy and Fletch and uh, those types of guys there. So it sort of, um, you know, pushed me into, um, you know, wherever I could, could get a start at that time. But, um, yeah, I started when I first came to the club in, in 99 or at the end of 98. I was a, uh, I was a skinny fullback come centre. Um, and then obviously as I, uh, as I filled out, I started, uh, moving closer into the action and yeah, ended up in that sort of lock forward second row position. But yeah, good, uh, some great memories there, guys. And obviously, uh, you know, really, successful period for the, for the club at that time. Flano, different times back then and talk about great memories. Uh, I have some great memories of that time hanging out with you, you gents. That's, as do I, Bush, yeah. as do I. Silky does. <laughs> Mate, yeah. you mentioned uh, some names. Had... You mentioned some names, uh, Fitzgibbon, Rickardson and Fletcher and they're all moved on to uh, greater things and families and everything else and this is a family show but who was your favourite? <laughs> and oh, Why? And why? Yeah, look, oh mate, that's a, uh, a really tough one. Obviously, we had uh, some great characters in, in those teams, you know, uh, Fletch and Finchy and and Rico and Freddie. Yeah, look, the list goes on. But um, yeah, look, I think uh, Luke Ricketts and I had a really good, you know, close relationship. Um, Rico and well, Rico had a close relationship with most of the boys in the team. But um, you know, we uh, we got on fairly well. Obviously, we played a similar position, and you know, would work together a fair bit. Um, you know, on the field, but yeah, off the field, we I think we all enjoyed a beer. And when the team was going well, which it was during that time, you know, it was um, play a bit of footy on the on the Friday night, and then usually the rest of the weekend was uh, spent uh, touring the eastern suburbs <laughs> establishment. So and yeah, with you two as well, actually uh, finishing up at the House of Grouse, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bit of House of Grouse. <laughs> Obviously, Ricky Stewart coaching Canberra uh, this weekend, but Sticky as a coach. Can you give us a bit of an insight on what he's like as a motivator and, and maybe even how you think he'll go this weekend? Yeah, look, mate, I think obviously, you know, what, what you see is what you get with Sticky. He's, uh, you know, very intense, very passionate. Um, that's how he likes his players to be. That's how training was, you know. I think uh, it's no secret how hard we train through throughout that period. Um, obviously, 
you know, as soon as he got to the club, he, he said about turning us into the fittest team in the competition, um, you know, in 2002 and obviously paid dividends. But, uh, yeah, look, he's just an intense, um, you know, character who just wants to win and just demands, um, he demands respect, but he demands, you know, excellence in everything that you do. And, yeah, look, Sticky was, he was great for me. I, I, I got on with him extremely well. And I think, I think he got, as long as you put him for the team, um, you know, Sticky was, was, was a great advocate for all the boys who, who, um, you know, if you ripped in and, um, played for him, then, you know, there was no better, uh, coach than Sticky. But yeah, he was tough but fair. That's how I, I, I always, um, talk about him. And, and, you know, if you got on the wrong side of him, well, you're in a bit, you're in a, in a bit of, bit of trouble. So. Which is all the attributes of <laughs> Fletch lacked, and that's why yeah, he got rid of him after yeah, the well, grand final. Fletch, uh, <laughs> Fletch took off the south. So as soon as we started training hard, Fletch took off. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, no, it was, it was great. Yeah, some great times. And, yeah, always, uh, always look back on the times at the Roosters as some of the best of, uh, of, of my life. So, yeah, good times. Now, Flanner, you had Sticky as a coach, but you also had, who we're actually talking to a little later on in the show, our great leader, gone straight to the top, Nick Politis. Um, we're speaking with him on Roosters Radio, but have you got a story for us? Have you got a Nick Politis story you can let us in on? Yeah, um, yeah, obviously, uh, yeah, look, Nick was, was, you know, as we all know, he's, he's a great uh Great man there at the Roosters and great to have on board and, um, you know, very lucky to have someone like that obviously um, uh, pulling the strings. But, uh, yeah, have a, on the spot, I, I guess uh, I remember, I can't remember, I must have been about eight, no, I must have been 19 or 20 and I, I was just coming off my first contract and I guess I played a few first grade games and I, I was probably looking for for a bit of an upgrade with the moment my contract was coming to an end and uh, my manager had, had flown down from, from up here um in the mighty Queensland and came down to New South Wales and um, was meeting with Nick and it was after one of our games actually and we were up in the in the chairman's lounge and my manager and Nick are sitting over in the corner and I was a couple of tables over and um, I could see they were sort of talking for a fair while and didn't seem to be getting too far and uh, Nick just turned around and just yelled out to me. He just said, oh, Plato, how long do you want to sign for? And I said, oh, mate, whatever you're going to give me. And he said, two years. And I said, oh, I wouldn't mind three. So he said, all right, three years. And then, um, then he said, oh, how much do you want? And I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I, came, I, I came up with a figure that I think was a bit more than what Nick was um, thinking. He said, how about I do this? And he uh, just gave me, he spat out the figures. And yeah, we, we signed the deal pretty much. Although wow. we always say it, but it was on the back of a, uh, pretty much on the back of a, a, a napkin there up in uh, the chairman's lounge. And, I think I started to pay my manager commission, but I pretty much did the uh, deal. deal, 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 deal. Five percent. Yeah, I did did the deal, man, Nick. But uh, yeah, look, that was the way that you know, just for someone to to deal like that, and you know, um, yeah, it was great to have him at the club, and obviously just so respected. And you don't probably notice until you go to you know, obviously we're affiliated with the Melbourne Storm now, so. Um, up here on the sunny coast, where the Falcons were affiliated with the Melbourne Storm. So it's not until you actually go into other clubs and um, you know you realise just how special it is to have someone like Nick at, uh, at the Roosters pulling the strings, whereas you know some of these other clubs they don't have um, yeah the big uh, big bosses like Uncle Nick. So it's uh, it's good to see. Flano, that segues straight into our next question: footy and business. You've transitioned yep. through a great career. You've played. In a winning and losing grand final, you've been in uh, Challenge Cup games. You've uh, you've had success there, and you look back on that lesson with Nick Politis and how to do business, and which is why our club's been successful. 
how do you do business and has that influenced what you do as a CEO of the Falcons? Yeah, look, obviously it's not on, um, you know, an interest Super Cup uh, team isn't on the level that, you know, what we're talking about are the Roosters. But yeah, there's obviously the principles and everything are the same. And, you know, you, you take a lot of a lot of what you learn playing rugby league into the business world. And I think that's, you know, why a lot of a lot of the business world get, um, get sporting people in to talk to them and to motivate them and, and speak about business. Obviously, it's uh, the, the, a lot of the principles, you know, honesty, respect, um, loyalty, they're all things that you learn playing footy and in a team. And then um, I guess you take that into, you know, the business world with you when you go. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not writing, you know, $500,000 million contracts up here. You know, most of our contracts are, are under the $50,000 mark. But um, yeah, it's all, you know, it's all, all the same. And, you know, dealing with players, um, I think all the player wants is, is you to be honest with them and, you know, when you're when you're signing a deal or, or signing a player, or you know, you just got to make sure that you um, do what you you say you're going to do, and you know, whether that's off the field, you know, looking for a job, helping them with a job, or employment, or study. Um, yeah, it's just all all comes back to a lot of the principles that you needed to succeed in a team, and obviously you take that in the business world and, and, and use those principles as well. And yeah, it's uh, it's working fairly well so far, but uh, we had a bit of a we were minor premiers this year and we had a bit of a hiccup um, in the pre- preliminary final on the weekend. So we actually went down, but uh, we were, yeah, we, we've had a great season. We've, um, you know, obviously minor premiers and we, I think we only lost one game throughout the whole regular season, but we lost two two finals to get um, knocked down in, in three sets. So it's a bit of a disappointment, but um, yeah, we're going to have to move on and get ready for next year now. Flano, speaking about getting knocked down and get up again, which is probably uh, an real theme song, mate. You had one of the most hor- <laughs> horrific injuries uh, that and we're going to mention it. It's been it's the it's the elephant in the room, and I want to talk about the two thousand and four preliminary final. The injury is coming, mate. I'm a, I'm a specialist in this area, and I'm going to say this this uh, next question is a bit below the belt, if you know what I mean. But you ruptured a testicle yeah. in the game against North Queensland the same day that Rico. Uh, got sent off, and uh, and yeah. he wasn't allowed to play the the grand final the week later. And uh, yeah. mate, can you tell us how that injury is to deal with? Like for a man, like I'm sitting here at the moment with my legs crossed, <laughs> I'm just curling up yeah. a bit. And then yeah. how, how do you manage an injury like that? And when you wake up in the morning, plenty you're... of ice. <laughs> yeah, obviously. yeah, plenty, plenty of ice. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. So obviously we played um, the Cowboys to to go into that grand final in the prelim and. I remember really early in the match, it was my first one actually. I got, yeah, obviously, need in the uh, in the Crown Jewels, and I thought oh, I could sort of feel it throughout the first half. And uh, that half time, I could, when I was cooling down, it, you know, they really started to hurt. But then obviously, when I played the second half, came in after the game, and Lizzie Steet was there, and I said to Lizzie, oh, I think I've, I've copped a, a bit of a knee um, here in the in the Crown. We obviously won, so we're into the grand final, and Rico's been, what uh, what do you get ten or something or on the port for punching yeah. Nathan Fiend and yeah. and um yeah, so I so I'm in a fair bit of pain but I've gone home that night and um had a few sleepers and um Lizzie just said, Oh, tomorrow morning when you wake up just um, you know, give me a buzz and let me know how it's going. So I wake up about five or six in the morning and my balls are just throbbing and um and, um, I got that a bit. I, I, yeah, yeah. I looked down and they're like these two big avocados. And, um, and, <laughs> I got uh, those. <laughs> same color, same color, and everything. And uh, so I've 
yeah, pretty quickly sort of rang Liz and she said, oh, I think, yeah, come in. And then uh, I've gone in there and she said, yeah, you're going to have to go to hospital. So I went to hospital and got a bit of an ultrasound. And, yeah, sure enough, there was uh, one of them was was fairly well uh, ruptured or, or busted. So um, um, Craig Walker, um, a great medical um, team man, he, we went and got a... Uh, a box, a softball, a softballer's box actually, which is a lot different shape to the the cricketer's box. Is a lot. I was actually um, going to say, Flannel, I don't have one, so I was going to ask, did you strap it or yeah. how, how did you yeah. do with it playing? But yeah. yes, the box oh, is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, the box. Yeah, so we went and uh, we, we I learned a lot about the different shapes of boxes this this week, and um, and then that was actually. So my first run in the 2004 Grand Final is that Sunny Bill shoulder charge where I got absolutely yes, belted. Yeah. So, you did. You so did. I, I remember laying down after that hit and um, just thinking I should have stayed in bloody hospital after <laughs> uh, uh, after that. But um, yeah, obviously, yeah, it would have been a good story, but it uh, yeah it didn't, didn't pan out the way we all all anticipated. Yeah. So everything everything's working fine. I've had two little girls since then, oh, so that's it's great all news. Uh, yeah, so everything. So it's all, all it all worked. It all worked. It all <laughs> Great <worked>. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Now, Flano, so, um, that grand final win in 2002 and you finished your career at the Roosters and went overseas and played for St. Helens and you won a Challenge Cup over there as well. Um, can you compare the two? Can you let us know the difference? I mean, we're Roosters fans here. so But um, yeah. what was it like winning over there and winning the grand final here? Yeah, oh, look, obviously, you know, 2002, 22 years old. Um, you know, just thinking, how good is this? And it was, you know, um, that team that we had through, through that period, you know, winning with those guys was that was amazing. And I still remember that night after beating the Warriors, and um, and yeah, obviously, um, yeah, that was just an amazing night. But then we went, actually went and played St Helens in 2003 in the World Club Challenge, and I remember being over there, and it's February and it's freezing, and I, I remember saying to some at the time, I'm never coming over here. I'm never going to play footy over in, in England. But yeah, sure enough, 2007. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, we, in 2008 we made the Challenge Cup final, which was at Wembley, um, the new Wembley. So it only been, I think it was the second, yeah, second year that the the Wembley had been redeveloped, and it was just um, 92,000, um, you know, screaming, um, yeah, poms, and they, they just this Challenge Cup has obviously been going for. You know, over a hundred years over there, it's just um, a huge, um, a huge spectacle for that they get behind us. As much as sort of the grand final, uh, probably how we rate the grand final over here, they rate that Challenge Cup over there. So, yeah, to win to win that in two thousand eight uh, was, um, yeah, it was a, an amazing experience. But yeah, I, I still look back on the two thousand two grand final as, as my favourite. But obviously, winning that um, winning that Challenge Cup was a, an amazing day. And, some great memories of playing over in England and, yeah, really enjoyed the experience. Now, Flano, moving on to this weekend's matchup, obviously you've got a relationship with the Melbourne Storm being a feeder club to them, but I'm sure your heart is uh, still with the Red, White and Bloosters. How do you see this weekend's match and what do the Roosters have to do to get the chocolates? Yeah, oh, definitely. Look, it's always always a really tough one for me, these games now. And obviously, you know, always been... The Roosters man, and then we were, but there's so many, so many kids who have come through our system now and played actually played for our team up here, the Falcons, and now um, they're playing for the Storm guys like um, Bunavalu and Jerome Hughes and Pappenhausen and 
um, Justin Olam and those guys, they, they all sort of cut their teeth for, for quite a number of years up here in the sunny coast. So, yeah, I'm always torn. But, um, yeah, I, I think uh, that the Roosters, uh, you know, just the, the the way that they're playing at the moment is, you know, it's, it's just amazing. Um, and, you know, obviously on, a, on home turf, I think they're going to be very hard to, to beat. I think they've got a lot of points in them. I think, you know, just sort of watching Melbourne the last, uh, obviously the last sort of few weeks, I think, um, they're probably not scoring as many points as what they, you know, they they would like to be scoring. Um, yeah, I think just the Roosters halves halves pairing, you know, obviously Cronk and Kiri are, uh, are playing some great footy, and I think that, um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think that the Roosters will will get home off the back of you know those guys um, getting them around the park and getting them where they need to go. And yeah, well, Flano, we really want to uh, thank you for your time on Roosters Radio, mate. I tell you what, the retro roosters get a lot of theatre of the mind, and some of our fans just absolutely love hearing from our uh, former players. And, I'm in a uh, hospital bed still. Well, I tell you what, it's a great <laughs> story, mate. Uh, you shared a lot with us, and uh, good luck with the Falcons. And we will not be a stranger on Roosters Radio. We really thank you for your time. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Go, uh, go the Chooks. Thanks, Flannery. Well, there you go, Chris Flannery, uh, also known as Funno, aka the Hitman. Great player tough as they come and you know we didn't even touch on the interview played for Queensland you know represented Queensland 10 times and uh, a, a great player very well liked Silky back in the day Flano you wouldn't know he was a footballer if you didn't know yeah and what I liked about him is he, you're right he was not much of him he was as hard as nails great defender but I do remember the 2004 grand final where Sonny Bill absolutely yeah. caned him with that shoulder charge. Off the field too, he was a quite of a, a quiet personality and mm. there were some big personalities uh, in that team. As you rightly remember, I still remember the 2002 after party at Rico's joint and uh, Flano was the type of guy to just be laughing, you know, be just laughing at everyone, as you can re- well imagine, with the Finchies and the Fletchers uh, carrying on around the joint. <laughs> what a, and even right. Freddie as well. <laughs> well but, what a uh, week that was. <laughs> yeah. But no, nah, uh, uh, one of the one of the genuine good guys in our game. And just a couple of hangers on like you and I, just uh, yeah. loving it up there in Rico's daybed. You're on Roosters Radio. We'll be back right after this with the man himself, the one and only Nick Politis. Well, Roosters fans, this is something all of our fans look forward to every single year. Our chairman, Nick Politis, a great leader, comes on Roosters Radio and gives us his thoughts and his insights into our great club. Well, tonight, it's finals time, and it's time to talk to our chairman. They say, if this man was the captain of the Titanic, the ship wouldn't have sunk. They say, if he was in charge of the Greek economy, the place would be full of cash. They say he could fix Brexit, but we don't care what he needs to fix we need him at the Roosters. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our chairman, the one and only Nick Politis. Nick, welcome to Roosters Radio. Uh, thank you. Good evening. And uh, thank you for the introduction. It's not quite like that, but anyway. <laughs> Mate, I you're like I a Greek fix, Elvis to us. If I could fix the Greek economy, I'd be uh, you know, more than Jesus Christ. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, all in good spirits, all for a good laugh. Nick, I'm going to yeah. kick it off by saying that... Uh, you know, we, we put it out to the fans today and, and we put the show in the fans' hands and some really, really great questions come through, as, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. And one of them was uh, about leadership and the influence on the club. You've brought two uh, great names to the club who are very good players, the name of Cooper Cronk and Sonny Bill Williams, who have had great influence. Can you just tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, the difference in those two players and what they bring? That's a good question. The, they're both great players and great uh, people, you know, uh, um, yeah, they're, they're both uh, they're a little bit different. Uh, lots of ways uh, from because of their background, but they're both uh, classy guys, uh, very disciplined on and off the field. Um, 
you know, different positions. Uh, I suppose Cooper's more a, a game manager, probably one of the most intelligent guys in the game. You can see that. Uh, I think somewhere he's turning today. His record shows that he's been uh, more winning games as a halfback than anybody else in their game. Wow. What he was saying today. So, the great game manager. Uh, Sonny was, of, of course, exceptional in uh, busting up uh, uh, the, the line in his, with his running like he did in 2013. If you remember, we were struggling in the second half. He made a couple of breaks during mm-hmm. the game and finished up giving us the green final. Uh, so, the different type of players, you know. Uh, very lucky to get both of them, and uh, and it so follows. I mean, it wasn't planned like that, but it turned out very well because in both cases we finished up winning grand finals on the back of those two signings. You know? Nick, it's hard to compare uh, you know, greatness in coaching to uh, anyone like Jack Gibson, but you know you worked so closely with the great man um, over the years, and then yeah. we seem to have unearthed another one, and we have a, a, an uncanny knack for doing that at the Roosters. I know the relationship you have with Trent Robinson, which is a huge part of our success. Mm-hmm. Could you compare no. Trent Robinson to Jack Gibson? Oh, you're putting some hard questions here. They're both great guys. <laughs> well, you know, one's got about, uh, what's he got, about five grand finals, and I think. Yeah. Yeah, five. five yep. uh, two with us, three with Parramatta. Uh, but then Robbo's got two, so he's on the way. Uh, Robert he's only just over 40, so he's got a few years. So eventually he might catch up to the great Jack. Different times too, you know. I mean, it's different to when Jack was coaching. Uh, there's a lot more science in everything now, a lot more money, and uh, everybody's is much fitter and so on. So, uh, there's a different eras, I think. Yeah. It's very hard to compare them, but they're, they're both great. We're very, very lucky, of course, to have Robert. It's a, a blessing to have him on board, and hopefully, he'll be with us for many, many, many years to come, you know. Uh, who knows, over the next 10, 15 years, uh, he might get up to Jack total of five or whatever it is. He's hoping. Now, Nick, Bell's here. Um, hopefully my question won't be as hard as those two for you, but um, I've got one that's a little close to my heart. Uh, my father played in the 60s for the Eastern Suburbs Roosters and um, mm-hmm. with the name change, we obviously went to the Sydney Roosters. Um, have you ever thought of or has the board ever thought of changing it back to the Eastern Suburbs Roosters? Uh, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> so it might be hard. Well, I don't know. We sort of established a Sydney Roosters. I mean, sometimes you feel like going back and calling yourself something to do with Bondi because it's a, it's a global, you know, it's recognised all over the world, Bondi, Bondi Beach. Uh, I remember John Singleton many, many years ago had a go at us going to Sydney Roosters. He said we should call ourselves uh, the Bondi Roosters. Maybe there's something in that, but I think it's very hard now to change. We've been going, what, 15 years or more, whatever it is. And I think uh, we're trying to blend the east into the roosters as much as possible. A lot of our, on our stationery and everything we do, uh, not so we don't want to forget that. Mm. So we're trying to keep that east connection alive. But I think it would be realistically be, I think, hard to go back now to just east. Now, Nick, we were lucky enough just to speak earlier on the show to Chris Flannery, and he shared a story about how he did a deal with you uh, up at the Chairman's Club for a contract. But it got me thinking about who's probably been the most influential signing for our club in your time, and it could be a player or coach. Well, I think, of course, it goes without saying uh, Robbo's a coach as far as players are concerned. Well, they're all, you know, of course, we spoke before about Sonny and uh, Cooper. 
But you know, like uh, if you look at our club, man, we we got everybody bagged for whatever reason. But uh, we we're very good in developing players. If you yep. somebody was telling me today, um, uh, we out of the top in that top thirty list this year, twenty three players are with us from under twenty, and I think eighteen under eighteen. At 16, 17, 18 year olds to have 18 players in their team 30 that joined the club when they were under 18 and 23 when they were under 20. Yep. I mean, that says it all, you know. I'm not so very good at doing it. And Rob has been very good at that too, developing players. And that's why we managed to, to have a good squad and a good list. And as you say, have you seen it this year, especially now, you know, with injuries and suspensions and state of origin? So on, you know, we're bringing young blades in and, and they're ready to go. You know, we don't miss a beat. So, you know, our signings are all good. I mean, you can't, you, we talk about Sonny and, and Cooper, but then you can't forget Friendy and Mike Gordon. And... Nick, uh, what do you say to the, the naysayers, our, our, you know, our critics that turn around and constantly criticise us about our salary cap and call us under the sombrero? And, you know, what, what do you yeah. think about that? What do you say to that? Well, it doesn't worry me. It's just jealousy. And I just showed you why we manage our listeners. Sorry, Cap, well, because when you look at our, the players, we've got 23 players out of the current 30 in the top 30 list that we had since they were under 20s. And, and therefore, when you run your, 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 your salary cap that way, uh, you know, you come up with a much better result rather than buy from outside. When you buy from outside all the time, you, you tend to pay more, you know. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, like we, we got, of course, we got the desk going, we got, uh, uh, you know, Cooper uh, Crook, but generally most of our players come within, and that's a much, much more efficient way of, uh, you know, managing your uh, the salary cap and staying within the cap, you know. And that's the trick, you know. But we got that profile, you know, Eastern Suburbs, or profile, you know, high rollers, so everybody just has a bag, a bag, has a go at us because they're basically bloody jealous. You know? yeah. Exactly yeah, I know right, what Nick. I say exactly to right. So who cares? Let exactly. It, yeah. we, we know that we did some statistics, Nick, and a lot of them don't have teeth and wear South jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick, success didn't happen overnight at the club. If you had to think about some of the key decisions you've made in the past, what are some of those that have made this club the success that it is today? Well, it's just like anything in business. It's, it comes back to hard work and people, you know, having the right people in the right job. From coaching, not only that, but over on the, on the Leagues Club side, you know, we had good people there that support the football club. Uh, and we got a good board, you know. We've got a pretty, pretty sensible guys. We, got a, we, 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 never, we, we don't have the upheaval that some of the other clubs have. Uh, you know, we've had the same board members for quite a while. Uh, our members are happy, you know. We have, don't have any... Uh, you know, universities or, you know, issues. So, uh, and that's because, you know, you've got to work closely and look after your members, you know. Nick, finally, Saturday night, we take on Melbourne Storm. It's a grand final oh, replay from last year. What do we need to do to do win? <laughs> now, well, well, I know we're going to turn up. The boys are, are really very tight and we've got a great group of guys. Uh, you can feel it. They're really going to go out there and do their best. And hopefully that's going to be good enough. You know, it's uh, to me it's like a mini grand final. We're playing the grand final a week early, really. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if that uh, when Melbourne we're watching uh, Melbourne play the Raiders at ten six with three minutes to go, uh, we really wanted uh, Melbourne to stay on the other side. You know, 
but uh, you know, if you guys are watching it, there were three minutes to go, and they got, Melbourne got the ball. I said, oh, that's good, six tackles, they'll run down the clock, but they lost the ball first tackle. Yeah. And, and that was it. So now all of a sudden, we got uh, Melbourne coming up over on our side, and we're going to play them a, a week early. Yeah. So uh, let's, yeah, I think let's keep our fingers crossed. Uh, but oh, it won't no. be for lack of trying. No need to cross our fingers, Nick. We'll get the cash there on Saturday night. But look, I hope so. I just want to, on behalf of all Roosters fans, thank you once again for your time and for your passion and dedication to this club. We've been lucky enough to speak to you on a couple of times and hear your story of the Super League Wars and you know how you got started out with the club. Mm-hmm. So once again, from all our fans, thank you for all that you do and uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, back at the Leeds Club in two weeks' time when we hold that trophy aloft for two Fantastic. years in a row. And thank you. And thank you guys for the great job you're doing supporting our club with we love you guys, and it's uh, the club is you guys. You and all the members. Without you, we've got nothing. So thank you very much. We're all Roosters here, Nick, okay. and as we say on okay. Roosters Radio, East to win. Okay. Thanks, mate. Thanks, thank Nick. you. Goodbye. Good night. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, guys. Our uh, annual chat with the one and only Nick Politis. One thing I think that the fans don't recognise is that Nick turns up to a lot of training sessions. He's methodical when he watches the games. You know, he travels a lot with business. He watches every game. He's got Robo on speed dial. Uh, and, and even the way that the game day is presented, he, he's all over it from the, from the top down. And he's one of the most learned men, as you would have taken from that interview when it comes to our club. Well, he's just passionate about it. He's like us. He loves the Roosters and he has for a long, long time and so humble as well as a businessman. And, and what he brings to the club is phenomenal. He's quite the analyst too, Silky. Like if you hear that interview, and our fans will love the depth which he goes into the analysis of how the players play. He knows positions. He knows players. He knows why he's bringing them to the club. He knows who's coming in young. He knows who he's buying as a marquee player. And he knows the system. And like he has done in business, he's done with our club. And that's the success of the club. And I think those insights are great. I, I remember standing next to Trent Robinson when Nick was overseas and I stand at a rubber afterwards and there was a couple of kids that were trying to get in and meet some players. Robbo just sat there quietly and goes, oh, it's Nick. Never knew Nick was overseas. He rang Robbo after the game to say, well done, good yeah. job. You know, So that's the dedication. As you say, Bells, his love of the club. He's ringing probably at 4 a.m. from yep. Greece. Yeah, he bleeds red, white and blue. You're on Roosters Radio. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to Roosters Radio. Now, before we look at this Saturday night's big game against the Storm, Bells, Sunday, standalone game, our women, a must win against the Dragons. It's out there at Leichhardt Oval. Got touched up by the Broncos on the weekend. They really need to turn up this Sunday. They do. Very important game this Sunday for the girls and very important because it is our standalone game as well um, out at Leichhardt Oval. 1.15pm kickoff yep. and as you said, Silky, they really need to turn up to play. If they don't play to get into the grand final, they've got to play for some pride this Sunday because um, they've had two bad losses and... We have a great team on paper. Um, it's hard with just the three games to come together and click, but I believe they're going to turn up on Sunday and they're going to they're going to prove how good they are. Yeah, absolutely right. Look, I watched the game uh, on Saturday against the Broncos. Isabel Kelly once again was a, was a standout for for our team, and she's carrying an injury. Yeah, as you can well. tell she's injured. Yeah. She, got, she got knocked around uh, there on Saturday down mm. there at Amy Park. But let's talk about this Saturday night's match. It's a mouth watering game. It's the grand final replay. You'd be a mug to think that it's going to be a walk in the park. Obviously, last week, Melbourne absolutely destroyed Parramatta. Uh, I don't think that 
lends itself to, you know, the form running into this match. I think we're going to be a lot better, well-rested. Uh, you know, Bush, you said earlier on the show, a fit Boyd Cordner. We've touched on Jake Friend's return. And I'm also expecting big things from the trail uh, at the SCG, which he's really made his own. Look, I think, Silky, it, it, it's a really big test for both clubs. I think they've been so evenly matched this year. Melbourne, of course, have taken out the minor premiership. But... Uh, you know, they're a different side. They'll be hurting from last year's grand final loss. I think they'll be hurting that they're on this side of the draw. Um, you know, they had a checkered passage, really. And this is, uh, you know, a game that's going to be mouthwatering. It is going to go down to the wire. And I'm looking forward to the coaching, uh, the strategic battle between Robbo and Craig Bellamy. One thing I would like to put out to all our Roosters fans is get to the game. Mm-hmm. Like, let's make that SCG fortress ours. I mean, look, we know Melbourne aren't going to turn up, but I'd love to see 30-plus thousand there, all screaming red, white and blue fans. Last time when we played the Rabbits, it was clear to me that there were more Roosters fans than there were uh, South Sydney fans. To all those Roosters fans out there, grab your tickets, grab your friends, grab your family and get on out there to watch two great clubs of our modern era go head-to-head. So, boys, I've got the squad here on paper and Friend is in the 21 side um, in the reserves. Uh, Verrill's named at hooker. So it's a real hard one for Robbo this weekend because you've got the bench at Crichton, Tedavano, Butcher and Collins, so such a strong bench. And then you've got the chances of Friendy coming back in with Verrill's in there as well. It's a tough one for Robbo. I think he'll, I think he'll end up swapping Friendy with one of those big men, maybe Nat Butcher. Mm. Look, it's a, it's a... Interesting selection pick. Robbo in the past has been known to make a couple of uh, interesting picks. I can remember naming Toops on the bench a couple of years back. But I think as a leader of the team, mm. um, you know, I think he'll play. I don't think it really matters. Friendy's always fit. And I, I know he's been doing some contact work at training. So I'd be very surprised if uh, he's not part of the, the 17 squad on, on Saturday night. Bush, your thoughts? Yeah, look, I think he's going to be a great addition. I think if he's named in the 21 and he's good to go, uh, which we believe he's good to go. I think uh, Coach Robbins would be crazy not to possibly start him. The experience he brings, the defence he brings, and, and as you say, the grunt work uh, is what's needed out there. Well, we've either got Verrills v Smith or Friendy v Smith, two great hookers. I, I think we're going to have both. So the way I see it happening on Saturday night is Friendy will start and then Verrills will come on towards the back end of the first half and, 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 and then stay on to uh, you know for the first 10 or 15 minutes of the second half and then Friendy you know, to come on towards the back end of the second half. And I tell you what, I'm really looking forward to seeing our back line. We've got Teddy at the back who's absolutely on fire. We've got um, our centres, how good's Manu going? Yeah. Latrell yeah. Mitchell, if he turns up on Saturday night. Oh, he will. Oh, man, he's going to have a great game. And our wingers, phenomenal. Yep. Morris. And, and and obviously the six and seven. Kiri's arguably the, the form number six in the game. And look, potentially Cooper's last game. So uh, I'm sure he wants to delay that by a week. And I think we've got it over them in the back line across the board. I think, you know, Jerome Hughes is not a not a seven per se. Curtis Scott coming back from injury. I think uh, I think our bat line has uh, got their measure. I tell you we're up against it, though. And, I, I, you know, they're a great side, Melbourne. The wingers. I'm looking forward to the battle of wingers because Mm. Toops is in great form. Morris is in great form and such an experienced player. And the Melbourne wingers are equal to the task. So that is going to be a battle for a rugby league fan to salivate over. And then you've got Teddy up against Pappenhausen. So battle of the backs. Yeah. Guys, what's your score prediction? How do you see it? Oh, this is a hard one. (laughs) I think it's going to be tight. Um, I think we're going to have a fantastic game. But I reckon... 2016. Bush? Yeah, I'm going to go a little tighter than that. I'm going to say Roosters 13, Storm 10. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 14-12. I think we'll get a penalty, a couple of tries, and uh, I agree with you. I think it's going to be tight game, not too many points. And, uh, look, I, I honestly believe the team that turns up wins that match. And I think that first 15 minutes, whoever dominates possession might have a big say in uh, who goes into uh, Sunday's match against either the winner of the Canberra South game. Well, fans, we'll see you out there on Saturday night at the game. Make sure you get out there to support our mighty roosters. And we'd like to thank our guests, Chris Flannery and Nick Politis. And that's it for another episode of Roosters Radio. These to win.